We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. Welcome to Looks Like We're Lost, episode number 43. I'm Dustin Redazel, and joining me, he's terrified of this Chiefs vs. Cowboys game next weekend. It's Tommy Cooksey. Oh, man. I, You know, I'm still thinking back to, uh, that's probably seven years ago, <coughs> maybe eight years ago, you came over. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is going to be great for the audio. And, uh, <clears throat> a memento. This is just a a, Dude. a frolicking start. <laughs> and uh that was the first time you ever met Annie. Yep. And uh yep. <clears throat> you had a few beverages. Ready Pretty to just standard ta- for ready to just tackle the old uh green blue recliner. Pretty standard for life at the time. Um Yeah. It's also the first time Katie met Annie and reckoned with what was going to be a period of our relational strife, which is her picking me up from places where she's like, oh, did he outstay his welcome? Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry. Here's a gift basket. Exactly. Uh, Joining us today, a third member in the booth here, second time on the Looks Like We're Lost podcast, Michael Mabunga. What's up, y'all? How you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me on again. On the Looks Like We're Lost yeah. podcast. Stoked to be here. Pl- Pleasure's all ours. Mabunga, do you have a go-to football team? You're not like a Chargers fan. I, I know what it the is. Raiders. I'm a yeah. Raiders fan. Wow. I know. This is awesome. I don't want to say anything before. Chiefs <laughs> Chiefs just smoked the Raiders. I could get the Cowboys this weekend. It's just like taking scalps over here. It hurts. Dude. Uh, so we actually, my brother and I went to the game. We, we flew out. We had, you know... We had all these extra like t- um, Delta dollars based on flights getting canceled, and uh, at the time we bought the tickets, I mean, we were we had pretty solid seats, like fifteen rows from the field. They were under three hundred bucks because we bought nice. them before the Cowboys were like you know five and one, six and one. Those t- same tickets are like six hundred bucks now. Anyway, I digress. We go to the gate, so we fly to Dallas from Raleigh via atlanta and we get to atlanta and it hits me when we're in the terminal oh yeah they're playing the falcons so it is like a it is a absolute everybody on the flight is going to dallas for the game falcons fans cowboys Uh. fans and it was just like it jerry does it right man like it is it is a weekend experience had some good brisket um had some delicious brisket and biscuit, man. We had some delicious biscuits, all sealed by a forty-three to three victory, and could not have been sweeter. It was so much fun, and was asleep by like eight thirty both nights. So that's even better. Is that your first time to uh, Jerryland or Jerryville or whatever? They we went. We went a couple years ago, um, but we did like the stadium tour. It was off season, and we actually got to play on the field, which was really cool. Um, that is cool. And this time we were, you know, I I hung the jersey up. People recognized me. They were like, "Hey, wait a second, did did you run that six four forty? That was me. You saw that? That was me. <laughs> Damn right. I haven't run one since. Pulled up lame. But yeah, it was it was actually a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, Chiefs Cowboys. It'll be a good game. It should be the four thirty game. <laughs> yeah, I. All it took was one uh, one solid win against the Raiders for me to just convince myself we're all the way back. You know. Uh, someone sent me a tweet. It was Quint sent me a tweet that said, "Life's too short to not be all in on your team. Just go That's all true. in. Enjoy it. Don't be a don't be a That's skeptic. True. So I'm all in, baby. Yeah. Just don't let the losses ruin ruin your day. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Mike, do you have a as a Raiders fan? 
do you have a jersey? And who could it possibly be? You got to go all the way back to like Tim Brown. I'm plagued with buying jerseys. I've got a Namdi Osmo jersey, um, cool. a Khalil Mack jersey. Um, nice. I do have a Tim Brown and a Jerry Rice jersey, but typically any of the Raiders uh, jerseys that I've bought recently, they've been traded the next year or have left the team the next year. So I, I refrain <laughs> from buying jerseys. That's perfect. A Jerry Rice Raiders jersey is a pretty cool pull. Yeah. Yeah. People forget that. I oh, man, playing both sides of the bay. Yeah. Bug, I did the same thing, man. I was always like I had a I had a Julio Jones jersey who was then overtaken by Marion Barber who was then overtaken and I had those two jerseys and then DeMarco Murray took over and I was like I'm done with this. I'm getting an Emmett Smith. He was, you know, he's the man. Jeez, my brother's got a Michael Irvin. But nothing beats Dusty's jersey. Is it Derek Thomas? Derek Thomas, it's a uh, 1997 starter. No name on the back. Yep. Not official team gear (laughs) whatsoever. Love it. And it's just been passed through the family. I wound up with it when I moved to North Carolina. And here's the thing, to your guys' point. The Chiefs were never really good enough to to lock it in. Yeah. Like you could justify some of the greats like Priest Holmes, a Larry Johnson. Tony Gonzalez. You know. Tony Yeah. Could, oh, Tony G. That one stood tested. Could, could you get a you Joe could've. Montana? You could. Yeah, you could he, he you was could. still really good when he went to the Chiefs. Took us to the AFC championship yeah. game, which was <laughs> up until two years ago was the furthest would ever been in my lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, now, like, it's pretty safe. I'll just, like, drop a Mahomes jersey on, on Walter, and he's, he's good for the rest of his life. He can probably get it almost when he's the same age I was when I got the Derek Tavis yeah. jersey. Yeah, exactly. I'll make sure it's off-brand, too, just so he has to <laughs> prove he loves it. You just have to go to, like, a Walmart in your hometown, and you'll better get him one. Gosh, NFL's probably cracked down on knockoff gear. Oh yeah, the, the, the cow Jerry has gotten so tight around it. Like even company, like there's a company called Homage that makes some really awesome shirts out of Ohio, and they came out with some really cool like NFL stuff. And it's 31 teams. Can you guess the one team that's not licensed to to print on there? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Boys. He's like Nike and Nike. Good for him. You know, staying independent. Yeah, yeah. Look, you did it. You did it. Way to go. So uh, let's dive into the topic of the night. Yeah. And believe it or not, it's not the greatness of the Kansas City Chiefs, even in a slump. Uh, Mike and I both ran the City of Raleigh, the City of Oaks half marathon about nine days ago now and i'll i'll lead into this from my viewpoint since people have kind of been hearing like my running and then like i can't wait to hear your side of the approach mike so i'm in this 20-week training program for this marathon in january perfectly for like hey you need to test your marathon pace and like a real race event and it's only the second half marathon I've ever run. So it fell perfectly in my training time. I was like, okay, great. I'll just like run this 840, 845 pace, and then I'll turn it on at the end, see what I do. Uh, I knew Mike was running this half marathon as well, but we hadn't really like talked about like his training or his pacing. So I was like, okay, I'll hopefully I see you out there. We'll see what happens. So I hold my pace perfectly to plan for 10 miles and then it's like I feel pretty good I'll just turn it on here in the last three and so like I run the last three hard I probably run around a 22 23 minute 5k you know so somewhere around a seven and a half minute pace uh for the last three miles which after running 10 I was like well this is awesome so I finish in about an hour and 52 minutes which beat my only other half by seven full minutes, which is great when you consider 
you know, it's basically chopping off 30 seconds a mile. And Raleigh's a little bit of a tougher course than San Diego. I, mm-hmm. I feel very good about saying that. And so I come flying across the finish line. I'm all pumped full of energy. And like maybe three minutes after I pass, like I'm standing there, I'm going to be waiting for Katie. Coming over to be completely cool. Heart rate has dropped all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Was a guy who finished far before me. And it's Mabunga. He's like, it's like Dusty. I'm like, dude. And so we just hung out there for like the next uh, while while we waited for Katie and then hit up the post-race festivities. Did you put your tinfoil but, jacket on? Sure did. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> a necessity. You guys will have to explain uh, that to me because I've not, honestly never looked into it. But keep going. Talk yeah, keep it. going. Sorry. But um, Mike ended up running, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on these stats, an hour and 37 minutes, which put him in the top 100 of over 1,600 runners. And for context, that is about the same pace I mentioned in those last three miles, seven and a half minute pace for the entirety of the marathon or half marathon. So it was like, it was a PR for him. It was an awesome showing. And we were both so, just feeling so high off the moment of like, hey, this really went well. I was like, Dave, we got we to gotta chop it up because I'm pumped about it. So... Mike, I'll I'll hand it over to you, and I guess you jump in where you wanted, but I guess I decided to run for this half because it fits into like this larger thing I was doing with my wife. Why did you decide to run for the half? And I'm curious about what you've been doing to train up for it. Was this your first one? First half? Yeah. No, so this wasn't my first half. Um, the reason why I signed up for it, is because I signed up for a marathon in February in Miami. And so I needed to break things up. I needed to start some training. Uh, I needed something on the calendar to kind of push me to open up training for that marathon. I'm not as regimented or um, as dialed in as you are with your with your schedule, um, which is great. Um, but I had to have something on the calendar. The, the first half that I had before, or the The last half that I ran was March 28th, 21 for the virtual, um, it was the the virtual half marathon that we had. Um, and I finished an hour and 52 minutes. So my goal for this one was just to beat Mm -hmm. that. And yeah, leading up to it, it was about a month of running. Um, each week was maybe about, I think 18 11 to 18 miles each week leading up to to this half and my goal was just to to break that hour 52 so the morning of you know uh had my pre-ritual routine of eating oatmeal and peanut butter or almond butter two bananas and gulp down some electrolytes and a a cup of coffee my exact my exact pre-race meal. Oh yeah, it was great. Oatmeal, Did that. oatmeal and bananas are a phenomenal pre-workout meal. Oh, it's great. Should yeah, be for every. Yeah. It, it should be required for every meal or before yeah. every workout. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent No frills. So much sense. So keep going, man. Sorry. So you, you see, yeah, you fueled up like you normally do, and then you jumped. You just went over to the race. What, th- what time did the race start? 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Right off Glenwood or right um, right downtown. Luckily for me, it was right outside my. Right outside my door, so I didn't really have to go too far. Just walked right out the um, right out the door and try to squeeze my way through the crowd. Um, and right when the, the I guess the gun blew, I just tried to keep a pace of seven. I think seven fifty um, is what I calculated to break the hour or the hour and fifty two minutes that I did previously. And then just running, I found a pacer. I found someone that that I could run right by and you know i felt comfortable uh the the route that they took for the the half marathon is the same route that i usually run uh every other day or every two days so i'm kind of familiar with mm. the hills that everyone's you know kind of that's they're daunting they're they're pretty tough uh especially for long distances yeah. but I, I know where I, I knew where the hills were i knew where 
you know, to, to conserve energy um, and, you know, all of that. So, yeah, ran through the whole thing. The, the whole race itself was great. Tons of, tons of people that were out there supporting, supporting us. There's a good amount of DJs out there. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, it was a great day. Perfect, perfect conditions. Uh, could not ask for a better, uh, better time. Where's your heart you know, rate crazy. on this? Like, where's your heart rate? I think it was about 170 beats per minute, I believe. For the whole, th- for the whole hour and a half? A- it was average. Wow. We, that's awesome. That is. Yeah. I may, I might just like have a low top end. But I did feel like I was cruising on the first 10. But my my average for the whole thing was still only about 145. Now I just feel like I didn't dial it up enough. No, I, yeah, I mean, you ran, you ran your race. That's what it was. Yeah. I did run my race. and But I, dude, the fact that your last one was 152 and in a year's time... Uh, you've gotten it down to 137 that makes me feel really excited and it sounds like you're mostly just applying volume are you doing like a lot of speed work so i've i was texting tommy about this but i've just part of like being more rigorous about it is like i've gotten really into like polarized training right so i'll have these long volume runs where i i don't try to run fast at all it's just like hey 10 minute miles. I'm going to be out here for a couple hours, whatever. Uh, and then like, um, yesterday is a decent example. You know, I'm running three mile and a half segments at like seven and a half to eight minute pace, which for me is moving pretty good. And like run that at tempo, jog for a quarter mile, run that at tempo again, jog for a quarter mile, run that at tempo. And then like jog home for a mile. Right. Uh, do you even try to like throw in all these different wrinkles or is it just like, nah, I can run. I'll just run. No, I, I don't. Um, usually it's <sighs> so jealous. It, I, I probably should dial in a little more, but I, I don't typically, I just go with how my body feels that day. I set a goal for how many miles I want to accomplish. And then usually just do it at a comfortable pace for me. I think the slower, the better for me, um, especially with long distance running. Um, prior to the race day itself, I try to be as fresh as possible. So I usually incorporate more treadmill work, um, at least the last week, week and a half, because the road does kind of take a toll on the knees and the ankles leading up to it. But no, for the most part, usually it's talking pace or, uh, you know, a comfortable pace for, for me that day. And, and again, depending on how my body feels, if I got a good night's rest, I'm, you know, if I had a pretty good diet that day, I mean, whatever it might be, I, typically it's depending on how my body feels, uh, for, for a given run or training run. Have but you, you, like, have you kind of always been a runner? Like, have you just like, you've kind of always is, has it, has it been like your primary mode of, of fitness or is this kind of a new thing where you're just getting into running a little bit more? So I've got a, a pretty funny story. I got into running seriously back in 2019. Uh, y'all, the fans know of him as a jog father. He's the one that mm, talked me into this. <laughs> yeah, we ran the or the Boston. Um, we ran the Marine Corps Marathon in DC, October 27th. Uh, leading up to it, I'd never run more than maybe five miles at a time. Um, it was just a goal to to accomplish a marathon. The jog father had sent out a text to a big group of us and was like, hey, it'd be really cool if we can all get together and accomplish this feed of running a marathon. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I signed up, paid the entry fee. A week later, came by and sent, he sends out a text like, hey, this is the deadline. Is it everyone on board for, for this marathon? And I was like, yeah, I'm in. And nobody else said they were in. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's just me and and Dylan training for this training for this marathon. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, didn't have a training plan set up. He had sent over an Excel spreadsheet for about I think I think it was a three month training program um, split out between different 
um, as similar to what Dusty's doing with the miles on each day, the, the target miles on each day, and then splitting up with rest and maybe um, like a cross training. So for me, I love to box and lift weights. And so I have to have something in between just to keep me sane because um, I, I really don't like running every single day. Kind of it wears on me. Um, so that's how I got into it. We ran the marathon, um, finished that one in about four hours and nine minutes leading up to it. Our goal was to break four hours for whatever reason, which we didn't. Um, and so ever since then it was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and just add a half marathon or 5k or a 10k something on the calendar to keep me accountable for running and just force me to run. Um, and so now coming up to the new year, I'm like, Oh, well, I got to find some sort of new year's resolution, sign up for, uh, sign up for a marathon. And, and yeah, ever since I've just kind of jumped on other races that are in the area and it's been, uh, been something I, you know, that I've incorporated. Y'all are selling me. Y'all are, y'all are like working me into this, man. I mean, listen, the, the first one I had to deal with shin splints, um, you know, hip pains, Mm-hmm. knee pains um every every other day i was having to deal with something until i got fitted for the proper shoes and slowed down on my runs that was like the cure to everything if i wasn't huffing and puffing on every you know 3 mile day 4 mile day and if i could just have a conversation with someone um and and if i were fitted with the right shoes then that cured all of my issues for the most part, right? Um, yeah, gotta have some rest and some some of those things to, to help out. But yeah, that that kind of got me through uh, long distance tr- running. Man, that's been the thing. When I started running, uh, you know, I didn't, I never really run anything until I came out of chemo and. Like you remember, you went on some of those like 25 mile efforts. I was just like trying to see what would happen if I just put volume into my body. But everybody told me that like, oh, running's going to destroy your knees, like, or your hips or like, and it kind of did in the beginning. But I think the similar to what you're saying, like this time around, it hasn't felt that way at all. Like every now and then if I I have bad sleep or I'm dehydrated or like poorly fueled, I might deal with some like cramps in the hamstrings if I push it. But for the most part, I'm just going for long runs and I'm taking it easy and it amazingly translates. It's like I actually think uh, I actually think my joints are better than they've ever been. And I I could have flipped any harder on the idea of like oh running's tough on your joints. It's like, it's nah, funny, isn't, it's just isn't doing it, it like, the wrong way? Yeah, isn't it like one of the most natural things we could possibly do? It's like people saying squatting is bad for you. It's like, mm-hmm. well, isn't that just a basic human like, human function? I've, Standard movement. I've heard that same thing, and I think the more I squat while I'm training for these long distance running, the more it helps. You know, squatting, lunge all those things translates and it helps um, at least with distance running. I, I, you know, I definitely believe in that. You know, the thing that I found the most from doing, you know, being more involved in like functional fitness, like I, you know, I, probably like you guys, I've, I worked out in college, but it was like, you know, in between days of being hungover and I do, you know, shoulders and chest on one day, like, you know, skip leg day for the most part. Oh, I'm playing basketball today. Who needs a leg day? But once I got into like functional movement, probably the biggest benefit to me was just the body awareness to know that like, oh, my ankle hurts. Well, I've been dealing with this tight hip and I'm favoring that side. So clearly that's translating into that and knowing how to dial back and when to dial back and what, like what to modify when I can when I can push through like the difference between an injury and pain or an injury and soreness, you know, but Y'all, y'all are really cranking up this running thing. And, and if, if nothing else, I mean, look, I love shoes. And if I get a new pair of shoes for this, like, you're really selling me on putting a half, putting a half on the calendar. Mike, I'm curious. Because one of the things I loved about this is, like, look, I, 
I have to create a lot of structure for myself for me to follow through and like build commitment. So like I hijack like the minimal dopamine supplied by like an Instagram account and it's like, okay, I'm going to do it the way I say I'm going to do it because I'm just being extremely public with my structure and just make sure I do it all the right way. But like, it sounds like you just kind of rolled out there (laughs) and you're like, you're like, I'm just going to mix it in with some other things. And like, I don't even necessarily love running as my primary mode of fitness, right? It's like something else I do. I'm curious more about, and maybe this is kind of a spiritual question. What does, what do you get out of the running versus say boxing or lifting? Like, is there something unique about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Everyone, I'm sure, has heard that term, the runner's high, right? Kind of, I've, I've, I've heard, you know, mixed opinions on it. People think I'm crazy when I talk about it. Um, that's kind of the reason why I do uh, distance running or, or, or try to get, try to chase that high, right? I think on a daily basis, I typically run, um, or me personally, I'm usually pretty anxious. I stress out a lot work, whatever it might be, the, the thing that cures all of that has been a five to eight mile run. That's been, for me personally, that's typically where I find that that um, that runner's high. That's when I feel it, um, all the bullshit goes away, everything melts away. That's usually when I find my most creative, most creative time um, is during, again, a five to 10 mile run. Um, usually don't run with headphones on for the most part. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the reason why, and what, what I like about running. Um, like I said, I mean, anything that I've gone through that day or anything that, you know, I might be fighting myself. Um, it's always been solved between five and 10 miles. Yeah, I was, I was hanging out with some friends I hadn't seen in a while, and we've all taken different like avenues of physical fitness. One guy's super into CrossFit, one guy's super into bodybuilding, and I'm doing distance running. And I, I think we all find something similar in like getting the energy out, and there's like slight adjustments. But it seemed like I was getting more of. So I gave this example and they're like, well, I'm not getting as much of it as you just described (laughs) is I think of the quote in the movie fight club where he's talking about like, after you've been in a fight, the volume on everything else in life gets turned down. Like after, after a certain amount of mileage, like I don't feel this way after, after I like run a hard 5k, right? Like it's after a certain amount like the the rest of the stuff that I'm dealing with just kind of fades into the background. Things that seemed like a big deal are not. And I think the... Uh, I don't really have like a good like reason to pinpoint why, but there is like a, a weird phenomenon that you're alluding to. Like I usually like to listen to audiobooks or podcasts like when I'm running far this morning it's like my my airpods lied to me they were dead in like the first two (laughs) miles and you know i was running 10 like it was gonna be a while and i had like this whole story idea in my head that i've just kind of like tinkered with here and there by the time i was done with that run like i got back in and i just like like filled a page up with like an outline and i'm like there it is that's that's the story got the whole thing it's like it's it like flips over to another part of my brain that is like less neurotic and urgent and more just like like deep interior processing and i don't know if that's universal but like a lot of people i know seem to like cite this response yeah no i i definitely agree i think when i compare how i feel after um let's say an hour uh, regular gym session or going down to, um, you know, take a boxing class. I, I, I do, or I am exhausted after that class. 
and I am, you know, pretty spent and I feel great after, but it, it's a different feeling than I get after, um, you know, a, a light jog, right. Mm -hmm. For, for an extended period of time, it becomes meditative in a, in a way where I don't, what I, which I don't get doing other activities. The only other way, the only other time I've ever felt that is during an hour and a half session of hot yoga. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's at least for, you know, that's, that's the only other time I've felt something like that. Um, that runner's high is, is, um, is through hot yoga. Well, it kind of makes sense, you know doesn't the... it? Right. Because, you know, if you're doing boxing or CrossFit or just lifting weights, it requires thinking when, when you're, once you've reached, it sounds like once you've reached, cause when you first start out running, you're thinking about step cadence you're thinking about heart rate you're thinking about how far am i going to run how does my body actually feel today and then when you when you've reached that point like you guys are saying five miles eight miles whatever it is maybe it's a time you're just breathing and you're moving like there's no you're not actually thinking it's such a natural thing for the body to do you're not actually thinking about anything so it frees your mind to just it almost like unlocks your mind it sounds like to just think about other things it's why people go for long walkabouts you know what i mean you know the other thing that I think this is like somewhat specific, but a lot of modes of fitness are uh, to the point about yoga as well. Like yoga is not this thing that I'm about to describe. It's much more like running, but a lot of modes of fitness are about like domination and the inflation of ego. Like, you know, fighting, it's obvious, right? Now, fighting comes with the benefit of you're probably going to get beat a lot, so that deflates the ego. But, like, lifting, like, you're looking in the mirror, you're trying to see, like, oh, man, my, my arms look great today or whatever. You know, if you're if you're Tavi, you're really examining your calves. Oh, yeah. Just really. Definitely calf envy. Just really thinking about it. The, But, like, running is is solitary, mostly. Like, there's not that many people to be impressed with you. It's not even impressive because almost everyone can do it. It's like, yeah, great, you're out there. And when you're done with it, you feel depleted, not inflated, you know? It's like you're you're salty mm -hmm. and you're, you're probably, like, dehydrated, smaller than you were. It's <laughs> just, uh, I think it's, it is one of those things where it's almost like anti-dopamine, until you've done it enough times that you've convinced yourself like this is it. And now you're in love with the process and none of the results. Like you don't figure out that you like the results until way later when you run a PR at a race. I've always had a negative connotation to what a runner's high is. And this is why we had the, the cross, like the cross country team at my high school they were they were kind of like freaks like they were, they were they were they, the stuff they talked about i'm like i'm i'm way too young to be hearing the stuff that y'all are talking about <laughs> but but they would say like yeah you you don't really get that runner's high until you puke while you're running and i'm like well i don't like that feeling and the thought of feeling high is not worth me puking in the sore throat that i'll have while i'm running so so i'm not i've always tied the two together but Clearly they're well, not. Cross country cross country in high school too is like there's not that many mixed gender sports and it's a small group. Yeah. It's like they get comfortable with each other real fast. Yeah, it's a uh yeah. It was a very it's a very if if you're listening, love you. But uh there's definitely a strange strange group in high school, but I think that I think that definitely comes with like, you know, the the territory. I think that, that just gives a bad taste to to running and you know, I think that that whole runner's high thing, it's just different for everyone. Uh, yeah. I think that they'll find it in different miles. It doesn't have to be five to 10 miles. You could find it in two miles. You know, it just, I think it just depends. But yeah. So, I think so Mike, you're so like, so Dusty has one end of the spectrum. He is dialed in to the minute. He's looking at step cadence. He's got his long distance shoes. He's got his short distance shoes. Like, and, and it's very... And no, it's a good thing. Like, it's like you're, you're dialed in and Mike, you're kind of on the other end of the spectrum. You're going out for jogs. You're keeping a conversational pace. There's really no rhyme or reason to your efforts, which probably 
for the average person who's listening, it's like, yeah, I'd like to start running some. That's probably more like fits their bucket. But you also travel a lot. And you, you know, you're also still probably, you know, you're out dating and going out, you know, with, with folks and you have your photography and you have work. Do you find it hard to like prioritize getting the miles in every week? And and if you don't, how do you prioritize those? I don't have any excuse not to get the miles in. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I can find ways to to either wake up an hour earlier before work or squeeze it in, you know, um, during lunch if I can. Right. Um, luckily for me, I have a gym like right below where I'm living. And so I can go down there mm-hmm. and just hit the treadmill. Um, but yeah, if I'm, if I'm traveling, that's the beauty of it. I can run wherever, right. I just bring a pair of running shoes. Um, the, the toughest part with traveling, depending on how far I'm going, uh, fighting jet lag to mm-hmm. squeeze it in. Um, but for the most part, I usually feel better after. So I, you know, I force myself to run, but I have no excuse. You know, I think, um, I don't have a family or kids just yet. So I, I know how, uh, how that could be tough to find time. Um, but for me, it's, I think that that also gives me the motivations. Like I don't have, you know, really anything that's pulling my attention away from this type of fitness or this, this run other than, um, strapping up the shoes and, and stepping out the door. You know, I think that that's well, it's really impressive that you, that, you know, j- just for context and, you know, I, I know a lot of people that listen to the podcast. If I don't, and they're just listeners that we haven't met before, I had I did a, a workout the other day that was <clears throat> it was a a, um, a hero workout in CrossFit, which you know honors um, a member of the military who died in, in service to the country. And it started off with a mile and a half run, then it was 150 burpees, and then I did a 3,000 meter row, which is the equivalent of another mile and a half run on the rower. And I'm like. Let, Cause I knew this was coming up and I'm like, let me just see if I can push the pace on. Cause I, I can survive burpees. I mean, they suck 150 is a ton of volume, but I can get through them. I can step up and step down and whatever. I was like, let me, let me push this mile and a half and see what I can do on this thing. And I was still like, like eight minutes a mile. And I was like cooking 165 beats per minute. Now do I, could I have maintained it for another couple miles? I think I probably could have. I was starting to hit a good, pretty good flow. But like, just just for perspective, running seven and a half minute miles for thirteen miles is damn impressive. I mean, it's impressive. Just to be able to, just to like have the muscle endurance to be able to do it. It's not even like the breathing. It's just like your calves and your quads taking the impact. So I don't think I said it, but that it's awesome. And to finish in the top one hundred. In a pretty competitive marathon, right? Like I think the City of Oaks Marathon is brings out some of the best in Raleigh and probably from the surrounding areas. So, kudos, dude! It's really good and really impressive. Yeah, I, I, pre- I appreciate that. You know, I think. Um, and you're, yeah. you're on. Are you are you on the other? You're on the other side of thirty now too, right? So like you're not a spring 32. chicken. Yeah, and Thir- it's not 32. like you had a running background. So I mean, no, you know. It's really cool, man. You're running against pr- guys, guys and girls that were like runners in like in college. <laughs> yeah, I was actually the, the pacer that I that I was right behind. I'm pretty sure runs for Carolina because he's wearing yeah. like a Carolina. Um, I don't know suit. Uh, he was wearing something, and every time we'd pass, you know, a group of, group of people, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, UNC, UNC, Carolina." Um, yeah, which is cool. But I think, I think, I don't think I run that pace or that fast if it weren't for an organized race like that. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, I think that being out there again with the crowd, being out there with all the people that are, that are competing to just accomplish either a 5k, 10k half marathon or marathon, whatever it is. Um, the, the positivity, the sport of cast, I mean, everyone, right. I don't think I hit that without that energy that's out there just in my personal opinion. That's a huge point. So I haven't run many races. Like, considering the amount of mileage I put on, like, look, in in the entirety of my life, I've run one 5K, one marathon, and two halves. That's all my organized races. You're really light on the 5Ks there. They're, they, they're a dime a dozen. You need a... 
Well, this look, I've totally done this the wrong way. No, no one should go out there and just be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm jumping right into the marathon." Yeah. It's not the best. The, but there is something awesome about the races and what it, like it. There's something about human beings and us being a social animal, and like we adjust to the needs of the herd so quickly, and I'm telling you, you can feel it. When you're in that crowd, like we come, I did, uh, both the weekends prior, I'd run over a half distance, uh, and they were both super hard to the point that like, I was really worried about the embarrassment of posting my time when I was done <laughs> because I was like, I ran a one fifty nine when I wasn't even a year out of chemo and I was like 225 and I had no idea what I'm doing. And I've applied all this thought and time yeah. and now I'm going to come out here and I really don't know that I'm going to do it. And my wife shared this quote with me from, uh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's a female Olympian who is saying, you'll be surprised how easy your long runs seem once that long run is happening on race day. Mm. And it was 100% true. I had to constantly, for the first six, seven miles, slow myself down. Like, I was just ready to go. And I was like, no, I'm holding this pace. I'm holding this pace. Just chill, chill, chill. And it's the first time ever, and like I said, not that many races, but like even the 5K, I was tapped. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't do I couldn't do anything else the rest of the day after my first 5K. It's the first time ever when I got done with the race and I was just like, I I'm good. Like I could keep running. Like I feel great. And there's something to just the magic of the crowd that I don't feel on any other of my other runs. And, you know, Katie and I are probably gonna live in this house we're in. It's less than a one mile walk down to the starting line of this city of Oaks race early, early bird registration came out. I'm, I'm signing up. Like I will run that race every year for as long as I live here. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the competition energy is a real thing, man. You see that at, at CrossFit competitions too. Like when you're, when you're trying to training up to it, you know, whatever that, whatever the big lift is going to be, there's usually like one or two big lifts or so it's clean and jerk or snatch or whatever. And you always know that, whatever you're training up to is going to feel light that day. And you're probably going to add 10 or 15 pounds to that. There's just a hype of the energy. That's you're, you're right. You, you tend to rise to the occasion when people are around. Um, even though it's a bit more, maybe a bit more competitive, right? It's, it's a, it's less of people. People are at a competition to like destroy the competition and there's not as many. Uh, but yeah, that, that's awesome, man. Gosh, you guys keep, you're inching me closer and closer. If, uh, uh, yeah, to do it. Seven just, or eight years just ago, a few months. Yeah, seven, few months of training. Jump in. Seven or eight years ago, um, Annie wanted to do the uh, Charleston 10K, which goes over top of the bridge, right? <clears throat> and I was like, no, I was really, I was really in the in the like crux of like, I'm a CrossFitter. These colors don't run, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll never run more than a 5K. I'm not going to do it. I'll never do it. And ever since run 21, shout out jog father. Um, I've, I've run probably six or seven, five K's just around my neighborhood and it feels good. You know, if I were to do one right now, because I'm out of the practice, that would hurt the next day. But, uh, eh, maybe, maybe a 10 K, maybe a half's in my future. Maybe so. And, and a lot of these races, they open up, you know, well in advance. So if you go and, and register for it, you got to pay, you know, an entry fee. Um, you know, I think that that, that might push you. But I think, I think yeah, I, like Dusty's doing, I think Annie, she used to really like running. She could go out and run for seven, eight, nine miles, you know, at a nice conversational pace and just go. Maybe it's something we can do together. Maybe her and I can pick a half and go and do it together. It's a good experience. Yeah. Good experience. It's well worth it. Mike, yeah, I couldn't. I mean, come on, man. It's, like you said, it's it's the fundamental human movement. It is. 
Mike, what's the uh, what's the marathon you're doing in February? I'm doing well. I'm doing the Miami Marathon, February sixth, and uh, okay. Jogfather's running part of it with me, and then I've got another buddy who's going to be running um, the full marathon with me. Or dirt why isn't the, the why day. isn't the Jogfather running the marathon? Gotta ask him. You know, not I a think. distance guy. <laughs> oh, we yeah. not a distance oh, guy. Don't worry, we plan to have him on the pod. He's he's about what uh, twenty days left in run twenty or no 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 what two months left in run twenty one yeah, month and a half yeah a month and a half dude he'll be such a good like first of the year guest like have him on right before I run the marathon just talk to me about running for a year would be so inspired yeah yeah I'm uh, stoked for it love it are you so well, you running you running with be... him yeah yeah let's hit our segments dude. Let's hit our segments. Let's hit it. Do uh, either of you guys have your phone handy where you can actually look at the the question? Yeah, and let me let me apologize. I'll go I'll go quick sidebar here. I'll apologize for the late start. People that are listening to the podcast won't know that it was a late start. Um, but I, I promised you guys a quick little story about um, being a father of two, and uh, Annie worked late tonight, so I I I prepped the chicken in the crock pot. It was ready to go. I did it well in advance. We're going to have, I'm going to have chicken tacos. The boys are going to have quesadillas and black beans. Strong. Dinners for the boys is sitting on the table. My tacos are done up nice. They're sitting there. I've decided that I need some, some greenery today. So I put some lettuce in a big giant bowl. I get ready to call the boys in for dinner. And I'm like, I need a little bit of ranch dressing. I'm more of an olive oil guy. But ranch goes well with Mexican food. So take this Costco-sized bottle of ranch dressing. One shake, the top was never screwed on tight. And I get ranch dressing blown all over my face. It's all (laughs) over my hoodie. It's halfway across the kitchen. (laughs) I'm just, I just scream, shit. And then I think, oh, the boys definitely heard me. They come in. What's wrong? It's all over Ripken, who just got groomed today, right? He's covered in nice. ranch dressing. And the boys come in. It just looks like it explodes. Like it looks like I just completely punched the ranch bottle. So they're like, oh, my God. What happened? What happened? Is everything okay? And I'm like, just go back in the living room. I got to clean this up. And uh, everybody ate a cold dinner tonight because – you know, uh, they didn't want to be in the room because the ranch, the ranch really has a, it's got a pungent smell, and uh, now my clothes are sitting in the bathtub with some, some detergent. So, what uh, what hoodie was it? It wasn't the the fuzzy chubby's hoodie, was it? Uh, I'm thankful. I actually had one of my new button downs on for work today, and I was like, let me take this thing off, so I'm not cooking with this on. It's just a run of the mill, you know, Target hoodie. It's disposable. Mm. Okay, but man, anyway. Those, those are the things that could just wreck your day. It just, it, you know, I'm glad it happened on the back end of the day, not the front end of the day, because it really, there, it was a lot of ranch. Like, my beard smells like ranch dressing still. It's kind of gross. Man, yeah. Like it's I said, up in here. Maybe don't, maybe don't comb that out before the wife gets home. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. A little musk. <laughs> yeah. Are you into this? Yeah. So okay. So anyway, that's my sidebar. <laughs> Uh, the the question I got gotcha. you I got gotcha. you <clears throat> question of the week from the we're not really strangers self reflection edition for those new to the podcast dude we are almost out of cards too we're we'll, we'll we thinking of a new segment I know I know I know. We do we're coming up on one year we did our first one the week of Thanksgiving it was the gratitude podcast it's true we're back. Here we go. Uh, the question is, when do I feel most helpful to others? When do I feel most helpful to others? I'll open up this can of worms. Go ahead. So there's probably a time I'm factually most helpful to others uh, that has very little to do with when I feel most helpful to others. And when I feel most helpful to others, I don't actually, it's usually I'm, I'm doing almost nothing. I am just finding myself in a moment 
with somebody who's going through a thing and they're talking to me about their problem and I am somehow not being me and I'm just mostly silent. I'm not trying to enforce my opinion or over advise. I'm just like helping them think. And I can feel that by having somebody to talk to and me being not judgmental, I can feel them feeling better about this thing they were feeling badly about. And that makes me feel helpful. Yeah. And, you know, there's, I won't get into too much detail for this for fear of legal ramification, <laughs> but I manage a team at, Cisco Systems, right? And they're one of these large companies that got hit with the federal mandate uh, around having to get the vaccine if you interact. So, you know, the company comes forward and everybody in the company is going to get the vaccine unless they can get accommodation or exception. And I have some people on my team who presented what I felt were very, like, good albeit impassioned arguments about why they shouldn't get the vaccine. And I can tell they're just like embroiled about it. And like, you know, we just talked around the subject a little bit and like, did it mean they were compromising their values if they were to get the vaccine, even though they, they think it's wrong for it to be mandated or were they actually being a more fully actualized version of themselves by compromising those values in order to continue to provide for a family that depends upon them uh, and that income they make from this company. And it's like, it's, it's a really tough call to make if you feel really strongly about it. And I was telling every single week uh, on Monday, we check in uh, through a program and we say like, what we loved about it, what we hated about the week, where we needed help. And I was telling my wife, I was like, I spend so much time at work thinking about these complex problems. And here I am on a Monday, I'm thinking back to the last week. And I'm trying to remember what I even did in my 40 hours of mm -hmm. work. And the only thing that just jumped right out at me were those conversations where like, I was just a sounding board. And I think that's it for me, whether it's been in like group therapy in a close friendship or even in the work environment. So that's good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I love that. A pleasure. I can, I, I can, I can definitely feel that I had a similar experience today with a colleague whose mom's not doing well. We are supposed to talk about, you know, something and you know, you just ask like, you're a human and you ask how they're doing and cause you're aware of the event and they open up and you're just there to say, Hey, I'm sorry. You're going through that. And not only does that feel good to know that, you know, you know, if, if the shoes were, you know, if, if the shoes on the other foot, this person might now also recognize that. Yeah. We're colleagues. We we're work, but we're human beings. Right. And I think that's, you know, what you said, you're, you're helpful on a very human level, which is awesome. Yeah, cool. Mabunga guest second, as they say. Would you like? Did you want to tackle this one, or uh, you want yeah, to take, take a pass on this one? I'll go next. Yeah, yeah, man. That was very, very eloquent, Dusty. I love that. Um, Thank you, sir. So, when do I feel most helpful to others? I'd say when I'm gassing people up with positivity. You know, I think specifically yes. friends or family who share something similar, right? Something that they're maybe vulnerable about, vulnerable about um, you know, in, in conversation or through social media, whatever it might be. I usually do my absolute best to gas them up and support them with love, you know, and, and just positivity. Because I know how hard it is to put yourself out there, share a lot of those maybe new passions or new you know, art or new, some new hobby, whatever it might be. Um, I usually do my absolute best to try to, you know, spread positivity with, with a lot of those things that they, uh, with the things that they share. So gas them up. Dude, 
that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And that's if, if you're doing a good job because if someone asks me, hey, you, you know Mike Mabunga? Like one of the things that I would say about you is that you're, you're kind of game for stuff. Like not in a weird way, but like you're game for stuff. And, and you're there to support people that, that you care about. And uh, it's definitely felt. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, so thank you because I've been 100%. on the receiving end of that before. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, same here. I, I would say you do an awesome job of enacting that. Uh, shoot, part of the reason like I even asked you to come on this podcast is because I was still feeling such like a secondary, call it a runner's high, of running into you afterwards. And, you know, like the thing you said earlier about like you ran your race, like I really did. I left that interaction with you feeling like, you made me feel good about it. Like I did exactly what I set out to do. And even though you were the only other person I knew that I ran into at the end of that race and your time was better than me, at no point did I feel like diminished by that. It's like you're, you're just a value add. That's such a great way to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go out there and compete, I, I know how difficult it is to train for a lot of those things. So I can't discredit someone crossing that finish line. I think that that's another thing too. If you, if you ever need someone to talk you into, or if you ever need, um, an exp- yeah, something to talk you into running a competitive race, go sit at the finish line of one of these things for five to 10 minutes. Just look at the different type of emotions that come through there, different pe- types of people that come through there. It's, I mean, it's awesome. So, you know, dude, we saw some people come across that finish line with like tears of joy. Yeah, that's oh awesome. yeah. Like, there's a moment. I know, uh, dude, I I was crying in like my last two miles of the marathon. It's like I'm tapped out. Yeah. I'm going through emotions. It gets, it's an awesome thing. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you got, Tommy? Uh, for me, uh, it, it would be – so one of my – the ways I communicate love to people that I care about is through acts of service. And so – Quite simply, if I if I feel like I'm being of a service to somebody, I feel like I'm being the most helpful. And it could be the you know, like um, you know, G is coming back from vacation and needs me to pick up his dog. Well, if I'm providing. I feel like I'm helping him out beyond if I were to give him a thousand dollars, right? Because I'm going to get his dog. I'm helping. I'm you know, if I'm if if I get all the leaves blown and the grass mowed and the yard looks great. I think I'm being helpful to my family because they have a yard to play in and that's my act of service. If I wash both cars, right? So anytime I'm I'm doing something of service to others, I think I'm being my most helpful is probably where, where I'd land on that one. My only uh, – I would love to be that way too, but all I do is I put a little credit in my – my relational oh, yeah. Yeah. account. The, the tit for <laughs> it's that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm up Let's one. Let's see. This is three days in a row. I've emptied the dishwasher. Mm, I'm going to go for an extra long run today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, just, I just need to be made liquid. It's like I've got, I've got so many assets built up from the last few months. Oh, man. Uh, well, thank you for sharing. Hey, man. Happy to do it. Recommendations, huh? Let's hit it. Uh, you got one? I, I need to think for a second. <laughs> yeah, I got one. Um, so it's it's a company called Spiffy. Y'all familiar with Spiffy? Mm-hmm. Car wash? Car wash company. Mobile, mobile car wash. So it's actually, it's closer to me than just being like a car wash company, but the, the owner of the company actually was the former founder and CEO of... Um, channel advisor scott wingo oh really yep i had no idea yep he's one of these he's just an entrepreneur man the dude just he just he's just he sees the next iteration of things and knows how to make it technology but um you know i've had my car for about three years it's about five years old it needed it needed to be waxed i don't have five hours to wax a car so all in 100 bucks inside outside waxing they were done in two hours. Car looks great. And uh, could it, you know, they came to my house, so I didn't have to go anywhere. They just show up, and they do it, and they leave. And uh, you know, I'm a firm believer. My dad said this one time, and I've never let it go. I think I've told you before, Dusty. When people see your car, 
they don't say, oh, hey, Dusty's car is coming. They say, oh, Dusty's here. And how your car looks is a reflection of the first thing people think mm. when they think of you, when you're showing up to an event. Well, that explains a portion of my reputation for many years. <laughs> <laughs> was, it a, was it a red? What, what was it? A red Camry? Yeah, yeah. This okay. The the Camry thing's hilarious. So a little story about car. I was driving a '96 Camry, and this is in like 2014. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's okay. It was old. It had wheels. I'm still moving. Uh, so brittle that the handles have broken off. Um, one on the inside of the passenger's door, and this is early on in dating Katie. And I, I pick her up for lunch. I drop her back off at work, and. Uh, like her coworkers can see through the windows. It's the first floor. They're we're like staring right at us. And I get out of the car, walk around, let her out, purely out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And like I swear, people were clapping in the windows <laughs> for my chivalry. <laughs> and that's how you turn a negative into a positive. There you go. Silver <laughs> linings. So anyway, Spiffy, Spiffy Mobile uh, Car Cleaning. That's, that's my recommendation this week. Mabunga, do you have any recommendations this week? Um, sleepy time tea. Mm. That's my recommendation. Uh, sometimes I end up drinking some coffee or some caffeine later in the afternoon and kind of messes with my sleep sometimes. And usually if I can slurp down a, um, a glass of sleepy time tea, uh, that usually puts me out. In about thirty minutes, sleepy time That's tea great. is delicious. It's like a little peppermint mm-hmm. tea. It's mm-hmm. really good. The little bear on the front looks so cozy next to his fireplace. That's the exact <laughs> same one. Yeah, I get I get tired just looking at the box. <laughs> That's a little the best. Night, night hat on. Mm-hmm. The fireplace. It's yeah, it's super cozy. Topic. I really hate. I really hate it when people like try to make tea into like garbage water or like, hey, here's some dirty leaves and. It's some steamy water because tea is awesome. It's fantastic. So refined. I love tea. Coffee's for cowboys. Tea is for royalty. I am, uh, I need to drink more tea. Yeah. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. I'm be sipping tea, watching my car get cleaned, just feeling <laughs> like a million. And, uh, while I, while I do it, I'll probably meditate on this because my, my recommendation is an inventory, a mental inventory. This might take five minutes. Might might just jump to you right away. Uh, but I've been thinking about running and the things I used to believe about running, similar to what you were saying, Tommy. Like, hey, you know, these colors don't run, sort mm-hmm. of idea. And I hated it. I, I mean, I used to call soccer cross country in a box, which was supposed to be a dig at soccer. <laughs> But the underlying idea of the insult was that I thought running as a sport was so stupid, I wouldn't even insult the sport directly. It was just like baked into another insult. Um, And a lot of my ideas about running, the knees and how it's going to be bad for my joints, right? I had all these opinions. And then I actually got out and I did the thing. And I've been doing it for a few years now. And... I no longer really need to say, like, here's what I think about running. Like, I have transferred running from an opinion into an experience. Like, I I feel pretty good about saying I am a runner. Similar to how you might say I am a parent versus, eh, kids look exhausting. Mm -hmm. Or, like, kids are so annoying, right? Like, the things you might say before. So, I... It can be absolutely anything that's happened in life, but I've found it very positive with Thanksgiving on the horizon to just think about the opinions you no longer need. Like I had these and I don't need them anymore because I have become the thing. Um, so that's it. I if like you can that. name like four or five opinions you no longer need. I've I've done that practice recently and it's very gratifying. I like that. Not unlike running, it shows progress over time. <laughs> Very nice. How about that for a wrap? There we go. I don't even want to say anything else except for Mabunga. Dude, thanks again. 
Yeah. Good to see you all. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, y'all have moved the needle on the running. Always a pleasure to spend time with friends. (laughs) Thank you.